With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 107 of the Talking Chop Podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, for the first time in, I guess, almost three weeks. It's been a while. I had some travel internationally and some schedule stuff, but the Braves are playing baseball. They're playing well, which is interesting and fun to see. And joining me on today's podcast to catch up on everything we missed is the great Eric Cole. What's up, man? Hey, man. What would you bring me back from London? Um, a, a renewed vigor for baseball, Eric. That's what I have. That is such a cop out. I want stuff. Everybody I wants want, stuff. Um, a little bit, a little behind the scenes. I actually was like fairly deathly ill for about three days in London, so I didn't bring back much of anything for anybody. Because uh, by the time I sort of recovered, it was I was sort of out of time. So uh, yeah, nobody, nobody got, nobody got a lot of souvenirs from me. I, I don't want the big Ben flu either. So you're yeah, good. You didn't, you didn't want any any part of what I had in London. But anyway, we can. Uh, Get back to baseball, and uh, the Braves are six and three, which is fun. Uh, was not expecting that necessarily, given their schedule early on, playing the Nats and the Rockies on the road, and all that fun stuff. But uh, they obviously uh, could be even a little bit better than that. They, you know, I don't want to go through all nine games, but you know, Saturday was a game they certainly could have won. There was a controversial call with Ozzy Albies, for instance, and then Sunday was a, a lot of fun actually, with Sean Newcomb sort of being dominant. So. What would you? What, what have you taken away? Sort of big picture. Obviously, we're going to drill down on a few different things. But you know, Sunday was probably the most fun I've had in a while watching baseball. Even if it was on my second screen, I was I was doing Masters and Hawks and other stuff. But when Sean Newcomb's good, things are a lot of fun. And you know, it was definitely more fun than Saturday. This team has won all three of their opening series to start the season, which is obviously what you want to do. Taking two out of three, that's kind of just the goal. You can't really expect to like sweep everybody. But this team should be 8-1. and one. It's not just the call against Ozzy that happened the other night. But the second game of the season, I mean, the Dansby should have driven in Peter Borjos, but you know, Borjos made this awful slide where he somehow like kept his foot from even touching home plate by like raising it above the plate. It was so bad. Uh, yeah, it was oh. it was a really it was a really bad slide. I mean, this is a team that really should be eight and one. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, you can kind of go, well, what, what would really happen if, you know, certain events happened differently and who, you know, who, what relievers and all that other stuff. But I mean, six and three, this is supposed to be the, one of the two hardest months on the schedule for the Braves. It's April and then July. I actually talked to Scott a little bit about this because, you know, there's, I mean, the Phillies were supposed to be pretty decent this year. They added some pieces. They added Santana and Arietta, And then, obviously, the Nationals, where the Braves took two out of three. Uh, the, one, the, the one legitimate loss the Braves had, they got beat up by the Nationals. But the other two games, they, they throttled the Nationals. It was brutal. Uh, and then they took two out of three against a Rockies team that a lot of people had penciled in as a potential, like, real legitimate wild card contender. And... You know, you put those things together and you start to think that, you know, are some of the things the Braves doing sustainable right now? No, but they don't. They also haven't been like firing in all cylinders. It's not like, you know, Ender Inciarte or Ozzy Albies have even really hit full stride yet. Um, and the pitching has been kind of, the starting pitching kind of started off a little iffy, especially Julio Tehran. 
I mean, I'm ha- I'm 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 happy with the result because young players are playing well. Dansby Swanson's playing really playing really well right now. Preston Tucker's been hitting hitting really well. Uh, Ryan Flaherty came out of nowhere and is like hitting like <laughs> he deserves a, a multi year multi million dollar extension. Uh, kind of in that Chris Johnson mold with a lot of very similar oh, characteristics. Yes. Uh, please don't extend him in that way, Alex Anthopoulos. But uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. There's a lot of there's a lot of really interesting, exciting baseball happening. And the, the games have just been really fun to watch. You don't feel like the, this team is out of any game, and they, they've been coming back and winning games. They've been winning games a lot of different ways. It's just been a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. That's probably a good synopsis. And I want to drill down a little bit on Sunday because of Sean Newcomb. Uh, Newcomb was awesome, as we mentioned before. Um, six innings, five hits, nine strikeouts. And the most important thing is, of all, no walks for Sean Newcomb in Coors Field, which is pretty wild to consider. He wasn't necessarily commanding everything perfectly, but his first no-walk start in, his, in the history of his uh, Major League Baseball career, which is exciting. And also, this is a crazy stat that, that the Braves actually put out on their own on on Twitter. He's the third pitcher in the history of Coors Field to throw at least six innings with no runs, nine strikeouts or more, and no walks. And the other two guys to do that are John Gray and Randy Johnson. I mean, it's obviously some nitpicking there with a nine strikeout caveat, all that fun stuff. But uh, in short, Sean Newcomb was awesome. And after his first start, I was uh, a little bit worried, and I will continue to be because I'm, I'm sort of dug in here as uh, I'm worried about Sean Newcomb's control until I'm not. But it was a lot of fun to see him sort of cruise. And in that particular venue against that particular team was pretty shocking. Yeah, I mean, walks are going to be something that he's always going to battle with i guess it's all about his fastball command right because he, he it seems like he can throw his off-speed stuff for strikes it's that when his fastball commands off he starts throwing that out of the zone that's when things can kind of get away from him but he just he, his fastball was on today and you know you hope that he can repeat it and if you can do it in Coors field i mean it seems like theoretically you should be able to do it just about anywhere else um he, he's always been a guy that if he can just figure out his command and just get his walk rate down it's a guy with front end starter type stuff you know, it's, it's a big fastball. It's a really good breaking ball. You know, the, it's the things that you need from a frontline starter. That you have to have those sort of things going for you. Uh, he definitely has his warts, you know, in his career in terms of, you know, if we're looking at track record, I wouldn't bet on zero walk games being the rule with him. But <laughs> no, it, I, I, I mean, that's just, that's, just not, that's just not betting smart, I guess. But at the same time, it's nice to know that he has these kinds of games in him. That he can be like a, a dominant force again, even without like you know commanding his stuff perfectly. It's just you know he still has the ability to throw strikes when he needs to. He got into some deep counts in this game, and he would still make a big pitch that would be a strike, and he'd either get the strikeout or he'd get them to swing at it and put them in play, and you know put you know get, he'll get a, a weak fly out or a weak ground ball, and that that's the kind of things we needed to see from Sean. And I was really I was really happy. You know, his first start was okay. It wasn't you know, awful. He, no. Yeah, it, it, it was just kind of he. he it just was a very get, Sean Newcomb start. Yes, yes. It was. <laughs> it was. It was. It, it wasn't peak Sean Newcomb. Peak Sean Newcomb is like the second. You know, the second time through the order, things really go off the rails. Those they, those definitely happen in the minor leagues every once in a while. Uh, that's the, those are the ones that really hurt. But you know, he. It, it still felt like he wasn't missing as badly as he. I've seen him in the minors quite a bit, and when his when his fastball command is off. And when it was in the minors, it was really off. You know, like he wasn't even hitting the spots anywhere close to where the catcher was setting up. So, you know, he's slowly and sh- slowly but surely dialing things in. Uh, another guy that had a really good start the other day was Mike Fultonawitz. Yes. You know, and he's a, he's another guy that you know if he can figure it out too. You know, you have two big fastballs and big time arms figuring it out at the same time. That's a recipe for success. 
Um, Brendan McCarthy's been really, you know, he's been really solid. Maybe, maybe not spectacular, but you know, he 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 threw six innings and was doing so in like sub-zero temperatures in that first game in the, the Rockies series. So he did really well. Uh, Annabelle Sanchez had a long outing yesterday. So I mean, there's there, there's a lot to like right now. Uh, is everything perfect right now? No. But and again, some of this isn't necessarily sustainable. But it was nice to see an outing from like that from Newcomb for sure. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Fulty because he was uh, very, very good in his last start, and that's uh, some encouraging signs there. And you know, you know, Sanchez is a guy my guard is up to be sure, but you know, it wouldn't be crazy if he provided some modicum of production. And given the way that uh, you know you're still waiting on Johara until he comes back, and you know, I, I wasn't projecting uh, no, nobody was a couple of months ago Anibal Sanchez in the rotation for any length of time, but uh, here he is, and he looks fine. So that's good. Um, but you mentioned Ozzy Albies in passing. He had another home run today, which I wanted to mention. Uh, the fact that he has a 341 ISO right now is hysterical. I know <laughs> you mentioned you know he's, he, has, he has a 219 BABIP, so he's uh, the batting average and on-base percentage have lagged behind. He finally walked, um, which is nice to see. Wait, has he walked? No, he has not. He's still not walked. Sorry, I thought I had it down that he had walked, but he hasn't. Uh, that's that's crazy. No walks in forty-three plate appearances, but um, the power's been fun, even if he's not been totally good yet. Yeah, I think it's definitely encouraging to see because you, you know at some point the light's going to come on in terms of batting average, and he's going to get you know with with his speed and his his hit tool, he's going to be fine there. But the power, I think, is surprising some people, and you know it's still it's still surprising me to some extent. I think there was he was always underrated in that way, but this is a guy who it's feeling like he might have some real power, which is. You know, if you saw the guy, if you saw the guy on the field for the first time, you would not, you would never believe it. But uh, it's there's some pop in that bat. Well, as someone who's shaking his hand, he has a handshake like a bear. So I, I'm not super. <laughs> con- I'm not concerned necessarily that he was strong. But I mean, like he just his approach at the plate was you know more line drives. You yes. know what I mean? It's just not. It's not that he couldn't hit home runs. It's just not. It didn't seem like something. Who's, but now he's like, well, launch angles, launch angle, and he's just and he's he's hit home runs from both sides of the plate. And he's also doing other things like you know, he's hitting like deep fly balls and he's hitting balls to the gaps. Uh, the, I don't know if you saw his triple where he uh, hit the ball hit first base. That has nothing to do with power, but it, it's funny that that, yeah. one, that that it's funny that that one ends up in ISO at all because the, he hit like a hot shot grounder the first base that skipped over Carlos and Santana, and the ball literally just kind of ended up in foul territory, kind of in shallow right. <laughs> uh, and he was off to the races, He's and so like it, 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 it would have been an easy stand-up triple. He slid just because you know that's the smart thing to do in that situation. But they, they, there was no chance they were going to get him. He's so incredibly fast, uh, just an incredibly fun player to watch. Um, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain the walks are going to come around. Part of the problem for Ozzy right now is that I don't know if teams are necessarily super interested in pitching around to him because putting a guy on base in front of the way Freddie Freeman is hitting the ball right now. Isn't necessarily. I mean, the lineup is kind of weird in that Freddie's kind of unknown threat, and Freddie's walked. I don't. I mean, I don't know what the number is up to now, but it's you know very high uh, in terms of the number of plate appearances where Freddie's end up being walked or functionally, you know, or you know he's you know they have no interest in really giving him a pitch to hit. So it seems like that they're not really interested in trying to nibble with Ozzy Albies. They're just kind of willing to accept what Ozzy's going to. He's going to have to punish them. For pitching to him because they don't want to just give anyone give them a give him a free pass on the bases with Freddie Freeman behind him, uh, and Freddie's having the problem of you know behind him you know he's ha- Nick Markakis and Preston Tucker are going to have to consistently punish people for you know letting Freddie just get a free pass to first because you know he's not getting a lot of pitches to hit right now. Yeah, and actually it's actually a good bridge something I want to talk about with Freeman and uh, you know 
we're, we're going to talk a lot more about Marcakis and the outfield stuff when we, when we get to Preston Tucker and all that fun stuff. But before we get to that, um, Freeman's walk rate is obscene right now, 30.2% walk rate uh, and, and a 233 WRC+. Plus. Um, part of that's just that he's incredible, but part of that is also that the Braves don't have anybody behind him that's going to scare anybody. So are, are you worried about that at all long term? I think as long as Freddie's being patient in the way that he has been so far and just taking the walks that are given to him, I'm, I'm good. But I, I do have a little bit of fear that you know when you, when you get to May, if he's still walking you know 25 percent of the time, which is or some absurd rate, like he might become a little bit less patient, and start setting himself out a little bit more than you like to see. Because you know at some point, I, I hope that there's somebody else sitting behind him. But for right now, it's kind of comical the way he's being pitched around. Yeah, I think that, I mean, part of the issue is the the hitters behind him. I don't think that Nick Markakis as the cleanup hitter is going to be what the season uh, long. Long side. Um, but, well, <laughs> you know, hey, he, he's, he, he's, at, he's at two home runs already. No, listen, so. he's actually been, the funny thing is, is that he's been good. Uh, yeah, it's he, he has it's been still good. absurd that he's hitting cleanup, but he actually has been good, so I can't wait really uh, to get on today. A lineup that... And we can kind of get to what, what what happens when Ronald Acuna comes up, but I, I imagine that Ronald Acuna, once he settles in, he could be somewhere in that mix in that order. Uh, maybe he's a cleanup hitter, but you know, with his speed, maybe he's a little bit higher in the order. Um, what happens with Ender Inciarte, especially if his bat doesn't really come around? You know, does do things shift up? Uh, those are all things that are kind of worth thinking about, I guess. But I'm not necessarily worried about Freddie walking a ton right now. I mean, it's been wholly unsuccessful to walk him. Because True. he's, um, because I mean, between Nick Markakis, what the way Dansby's been hitting, and press the way Preston Tucker's been hitting, I mean, those guys have been punishing teams very regularly for putting him on base. Let me say this uh, it's, though, it's, 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 yeah, I, go ahead. I, I guarantee teams are still going to walk him because it, it would take a a huge sample of guys like Preston Tucker, Nick Markakis, and even Dansby hitting the crap out of the baseball for teams to not walk Freddie. Like I, I think. You're right, and the, the, one of the biggest reasons why the Braves are leading the league in runs right now, which is insane to consider, and, and OPS and all that fun stuff, is because of the guys behind them hitting well. But if you're if you're an opposing manager, you're still going to walk Freddie Freeman religiously. I know I would. I mean, you're not wrong. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're 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 betting on those guys failing. You, you have know what to, mean? Yeah. or or yeah, because. You can't bet against Freddie Freeman. He's That's absurd. I mean, yeah, he, Freddie's slugging he, he, 730 right now. Like, yeah, he's and with getting very few pitches to hit. Whenever you make a mistake to him, he hits the ball a long way. You know, it, it's it's just it's funny how things have sort of shaken out. But if I mean, if, if Dansby continues to hit at a very reasonable rate, um, you know, maybe the lineup the lineup shifts a little bit, and then Ronald Acuna comes up presumably mid, uh, next week. Uh, is it next week? Yeah, I guess it would be next week. Um, we're almost next, there, my friend. We're almost yeah, there. Next, oh, I've already got my tickets. Don't. don't I'm, I'm sure you I'm, do. I'm gonna be if he, if he's starting in center, in left field. I'm gonna be looking right at him. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's I, I feel like that it's an interesting thing because you know, and I've talked to a couple people about this. This is like the worst this team is gonna look all year, and they're gonna get appreciably better like almost month by month. Because if you have in April, you have Ronald Acuna come up, and that's we we presume that's gonna happen. Even I don't think that Preston Tucker's ever gonna hit enough in the next week to say, okay, we won't call Acuna up. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. think that'll happen. That, I, I think there'll be rioting if they just decide, yeah, actually, we're going to wait until Mayor. But Eric, he's 0, he's 0 for 8 in Gwinnett. Yeah, I've already gotten, <laughs> I've, I've already gotten a few of those. Tweets. Oh, I know. I've, I'm uh, seeing him too. It's funny. Um, but what's wrong with him? Uh, yeah, he, yeah he, he, he went 0 for 8. I don't know what to tell you. Um, but, uh, 
you know, he, still still the, one of, if not the best prospects in baseball. Uh, Shohei Otani is certainly making a, a very strong claim to that if you consider him a prospect. But um, and then and then in May you you get Gohara back, and then maybe by midseason if this team's still competing, Mike Soroka is right there. There it is. I was waiting for that. Yeah, you you can't look. I, you you I know you didn't see his his triple A debut. I did not. <laughs> Five innings, sixty pitches, gave up three singles, one of which left the infield. <laughs> one walk, five strikeouts, <laughs> and he was he got some of the like like silly swings and misses, and like he the, the batters had no idea what was happening. This is a triple A competition. These are like a lot of seasoned veterans and like guys who are like on the cusp of like making the major leagues, and like they had nothing for him, nothing. He he looked bored. You know, he just he, – and if he continues to do that and let's say like a Julio Tehran struggling or another piece of the rotation struggling for whatever reason, if the team's in, in – the team's like in competition for a wild card spot, you can slot him in and he seems major league ready now. Um, then you throw in a guy maybe like an Austin Riley if he continues to hit well and third base is a struggle for whatever reason. You know, for example, if Ryan Flaherty doesn't have a bad dip over 500 um, – and Johan Camargo comes back and he's not and he's not performing particularly well. Then that's a, that's a that's a big power bat that you can kind of slot into the middle of that lineup that would kind of give Freddie some protection and pro- provide some more runs. This the, the lineup we're looking at right now, which leads the league in runs in basically all these offensive categories, is the worst one we're going to see all season. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I mean like if 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 the, if they can get through the month of April. And they're like hanging around. I mean, I mean, the Mets right now are playing really good baseball because their pitchers are all healthy. Uh, I don't necessarily see that holding, but you know, when those guys are healthy, yeah, they're going to be really good. Um, if they're hanging around, you know, the Braves could make some moves just from the just just roster moves from Double and Triple A to make this team significantly better, or at the very least, on paper, more talented. Um, it's it's kind of fascinating to watch. It's kind of fascinating to look at kind of what this team is right now, how well they're performing, and what they could be. You know, even by midseason. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's definitely going to be fun to see uh, how the roster overhauls, uh, if and when it does, which I think we kind of know it's going to at some point. But before we does that, though, I do want to talk about the guys who we kind of never talked about on this podcast. Would that be Preston Tucker, Peter Borjos, as you, the aforementioned Ryan Flaherty, and his 522 BABIP? Let's discuss these guys. We, we got a lot of questions about them all, especially Tucker. I think, you know, he, he had a super hot start, and people are starting. I know a good friend of the program, Sam Meredith, who writes for uh, writes for us over at Talking Chop, is very excited about Preston Tucker. A couple of people that are really sort of there on Tucker. He has he still has a 181 WRC plus. He's been very good early on. Um, I guess we can go sort of one by one because these guys all kind of appeared after I recorded the last pod. So, is Preston Tucker a thing or not? Because my guard is up on Preston Tucker, and I think a lot of people are questioning or asking what happens when Acuna when, when Acuna arrives. I think I think at this point Tucker's going to be on the roster when Acuna arrives. That's that, that's a foregone conclusion given how good he's been. But what else yeah, happens I, there? I, I would be really upset if he wasn't on the roster. He's been so good they can't they can't yeah, get rid of him. I mean, I mean the, the 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 questions and the concerns I've been getting is that you know they they understand Acuna taking Tucker's spot. But they, they are almost, I say almost, they're upset that Marcakis will continue to see playing well, time. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think that's, that's, a, that's a good place to start. Um, I would say um, my my thoughts on Marcakis are well documented. That's that's not new. But if he's hitting, he's not coming out of the lineup. There is a 0% chance that they're, that Brian Snicker is going to take Marcakis out of the lineup if he's hitting. And he's been hitting. So until Marcakis has a cold spell, he's not going anywhere. There's just no way. 
Here's my thing, okay? I agree with everything you just said, 100%. But if I'm Alex Anthopoulos... <laughs> oh, I'm, tr- I'm trying to trade him, man. I'm, I'm, I'm not yeah, saying you just leave I, him in there. I'm that, saying if, he, if he's on the team, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, I... You know, this is a guy that's in the last year of his contract, and I know that he's very well respected on the team, and I'm not sure... And how players would respond to Marquecas being moved is a non-zero consideration because you don't want to like piss off people necessarily. Um, but at the same time, if I'm Alex Anthopoulos, I'm thinking I'm working really hard to see if they can get someone to take Marquecas because right now the, the, if the plan wasn't to trade him by the trading deadline, then the, the plan wasn't correct because he's in his contract year. He's not a part of the future. Um, and if they like what they enough what they see out of Preston Tucker to be kind of a, a left field option, and that way they could put Acuna in a more defensive valuable, defensively valuable position in right. And if they can get someone to take Marquecas at peak value and maybe actually get an asset in return, I think that they need to snap, you know, snatch that deal up. Now I don't know if there's a fit there. That's kind of the problem. The best fit, oddly enough, seems to be the Orioles, his whole team, because their outfield is awful. Uh, legitimately bad, um, and you know he's beloved up there. I don't know if there's even a deal to be made there, though, in terms of how the money would work and what. Give the Braves... him away. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, you know, and he, but I don't think that Marquez is is a negative in the in the lineup right now. No, I don't. he's fine. I mean, and that's the thing. Like Marquez isn't this terrible baseball player. He's fine. The problem becomes. For me, it, it already started with the fact that there's all the stuff about Acuna's going to be playing left field. That's preposterous, in my opinion. I understand all the arguments for, you know, it being more difficult in SunTrust Park or whatever you want to argue, but you know, you don't want Ronald Acuna playing left field. That makes no sense in any way, in my opinion. Especially with Marquez, if you're going to they pick on on, Mar- on Marquez to this point in the season, he has he's hit the ball well, but he's had a couple of laugh out loud defensive plays in the in the right field for me, like. There was the one, I think it was at Friday night, that he had the ball hit over his head that every single right fielder in the major leagues makes makes that play. And it was like, oh, tough play for Marquecas. And it's like, no, he just didn't get there because he's, he's Marquecas has no range. But I don't know. He's fine. My whole thing is I'm with you 100%. I think you have to look around and try to trade him because if, he, if he's not traded, he's going to play every single day because Brian Snicker is going to play him every single day. And if he hits, then that's fine. But if he doesn't, which all indications are that He'll be a league average hitter, which is fine. Um, that if he's just a league average hitter, but, though, there's no reason to prioritize yeah. him. Which is yeah. that's kind of that's what he's been for three, four years now. Like I can't imagine. I mean, maybe he breaks out again and he's suddenly the guy he was in Baltimore early in his career. I guess that it's possible. But if he's the guy he's been the last three or four years, he's not a priority to be in your lineup every day. But he will be there because of the manager and the fact that he's the you know the clubhouse presence, all that fun stuff. So you have to get him out of the way, but. Again, I mean, if, if if he's hitting, which he is right now, he's just he's going to play every day, and that's you have to be resigned to that. Yeah, I mean, but he, but to get back to the original question, I want Preston Tucker on this roster uh, in some form or fashion. I yep. think he's like, I think he's a guy that you try to give semi regular playing time, you know, dispel guys here and there, just give give guys days days off, uh, especially with Acuna on the roster, you can kind of move things around, give Ender a day or two off. Do you, uh, you know, yeah, just you can just move in, things around. With that in mind, do you, do you think Tucker is a different player? I know his numbers are great right now. I know he was good in the minors and, and used to be a, a pretty impressive prospect. Do you think he's a different guy to where this is actually real? Because if you look, I at think he, I think the guy can hit. Yeah, uh, I don't think I don't. I think the hit, the the playing time situation in Houston is a problem for a lot of guys. And the, I mean, he, the thing is, he, he my whole starting point, and you, and you, and you obviously know more about him than I do at this point in time. 
my whole starting point with, with Tucker is that he was a league average player in AAA last year. And that is, I know there's, there, there was an injury concern there. The power was still there, but like, is this, obviously he's not going to be a 200 WRC plus guy, which is where he is right now. He's not that. Yeah, no, he's, no, I think he can hit now. And I think he has power. Now, is he the guy that maybe like not, not AAA last year, but the year before, maybe he's a little bit less than that. Maybe, but I don't think he was, I don't think he's the, I don't think he's the player he was in AAA last year. I think that he's a guy that had some lingering injury stuff and he's a guy that was in the major leagues and then got passed by probably five players on that that Houston Astros roster. That's not necessarily a knock on him. That Astros roster is ridiculous. Kyle Tucker cannot currently get playing. He's one of yeah. the best prospects in baseball and he cannot get playing time on the Astros right now. I mean, now. the Astros were legitimately projected with like systems that usually bring things back to the middle, projected for three-digit victories basically everywhere. That, that's how good that roster is. Like it, It's preposterous. And... and they're, and they're playing like it too. It's not like they're. Yeah, they're insane. It's not. It's not the. It's not the. You know, they're 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 ridiculous. And it's that was a tough system for him to be in. But I think the guy can hit. I do. I I truly think that he. I truly think that that he can hit. Um. I defensively, you know, it's a little bit more of a struggle. He has to probably be in left field. He needs to be in left field. Yes. Yeah. But th- there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But you know, you have to kind of take that in consideration when you're making roster moves. Which that's why it kind of breaks begs the question of what you do with Mark Agnuson, right? Especially with Acuna coming up, because you want to give uh, you want to give Tucker some playing time, and I th- I think you know giving you know Acuna like a day off here and there, and then you can you know give Marquez off a day off here and there, you know, and swap those. You can get guys some playing time that way, but it's not the ideal situation for me. But yeah. The, but as for the other two guys, uh, Peter Borjos has like wholly unimpressed me. He's, he can't hit. He's never he, able he's, to hit. He's, yeah, he's not. He's not a good hitter. I, I kind of hope that they kind of jettison that little experiment soon. When he, when he was good, he couldn't hit. That's the thing. Like, yeah, he, he was like, a pure glove guy. He, he has, had, he he had, had a little one bit of, year where he had an okay offensive season. Yeah, and that he was could it. never hit. Yeah, um, he can run kind of, but uh, as it turns out, he can't slide very well. Um, Lane Adams is a guy that I kind of. He's a guy that I like on the roster just because of like a certain amount of. He he's performed historically well as a you know as a pinch hitter and he can run so he's like a good pinch runner type and he's not going to embarrass you as like a defensive replacement type either like if you want to pull out Preston Tucker late in games, uh, putting Lane out there and everyone mean, loves Lane Adams everyone well he well he's hilarious I don't know if you saw the Ozzy Albies tweet from earlier tonight it was hilarious yes uh, it was so good but anyway um, I I don't necessarily mind Lane Adams being on the roster Borjos is the guy that I'm really not interested in being on the roster at all yeah and they're gonna have to. One of those guys is going to be gone the minute Acuna arrives. I, I would, I, I'm not sure who it will be. I'd imagine it's going to be Borges, but who knows? And we'll see what happens. I mean, the roster construction is interesting in a lot of different ways, which I don't really feel like breaking down right now. But, um, yeah, Acuna is coming. I'd be stunned if Tucker went anywhere. And uh, I, I would hope – I mean, not not that it's not – it's not necessarily about about opening a spot for Preston Tucker. Uh, it'd be great if he was if he could really hit in the way that he seems like he can now. It's it's for me. It's play Ronald Acuna in right field, and if you can get anything from Marquez or or, or or just get off that money, you just go ahead and do it. Clear that spot and invest in some guys who might be a part of your future. Not that Tucker is super young because he's not, but maybe he has some power and can hang around and be a piece for you. So uh, that's what I would do as well. I think we're on the same page there uh, with regard to the outfield. Uh, the other guy who I'm not, I, I basically had no uh, thought about until uh, th- until word broke that he was going to be on the roster is Ryan Flaherty. We already mentioned his 522 BABIP, and it's been hilarious. 
Um, do you think he is a thing moving forward? I, I don't necessarily. Um, but in, in, in conjunction with that, the uh, Johan Camargo rehab assignment is still going. It looks like it's going to be at least through Wednesday. Um, but what happens when he comes back? When he when he comes back, when you still have uh, you know Riley for the future and Flaherty, you know it's gonna he's gonna have to cool off. No nobody, no one no one outside of Chris Johnson will back up their way to 500 um, the entire way. So maybe maybe he hangs around. It stays hot for another week or two. That'd be that'd be fun. But after that, what kind of happens there? Well, considering the fact that he has more hits already this season than he had all season last year in Baltimore, uh, um, uh, you know, betting on continued production seems problematic. I don't necessarily hate the idea of him being a bench guy because, I mean, he does play a lot of different positions. So, you know, it, it's a guy that you can kind of have as that bench guy. And I'm not necessarily, like, enthralled with the Braves bench right now. And, you know, once Camargo comes back, having Camargo and Flaherty is kind of like utility pieces you can kind of put anywhere. Uh, I don't necessarily hate, um, but in terms of you know whether or not he stays in the lineup, absolutely not. Especially not the way the rest of the infield's hitting. Um, you know, but he he seems. I mean, based on what I've seen, he seems sound defensively. He's not a guy that's like you know looks like a statue over there, or you know he's made some he's made some really good plays, and you know it's it's a guy that I wouldn't hate having again on the roster on the bench. You know, guys that you know if you if Ryan Ryan Flaherty was pinch hitting, I wouldn't be cringing. You know what I mean? There are guys that we have run out there recent, uh, in the past year or two. Emilio Bonifacio, I'm looking right at you. <laughs> um, that you know, you're just like, well, that's an out. You know what I mean? And he doesn't feel like an automatic out. Now that said, his bad bib stuff is ridiculous. He he yeah. probably has to have one of the lowest exit velocities oh, in no, the he's, major league because it's it. soft line drives yeah. and lazy fly balls, and he just happens to be hitting them where there is nobody, and that's fine. You know that, that you know. Take your luck where you can get it, but nothing about his batting profile makes me think that anything this is even remotely sustainable. Oh no! But but it's fun to watch for sure because again he just keeps you know wherever the defense defenders are positioning he always seems to hit them where they're not. And yeah, it's, I mean it's you mentioned the Chris Johnson comp that that's perfect. Except yeah. Johnson was a lot was actually a lot better hitter than Ryan Flaherty. Um, Johnson got Johnson got got obscenely lucky for that for that for that magical season where he won the batting title. But um, he was actually better than Ryan Flaherty, <laughs> not defensively, but uh, as a hitter. Um, but that's you know it's one of those things where you know you look up yeah, Flaherty's Chris had power. I don't I don't foresee Flaherty having some any. power. Yeah, I mean Flaherty's defense is, is defense and as a utility player is valuable. You know I looked it up just now his his career uh, his career defensive run save is plus seven at third base in about oh. eight hundred uh, inning sets. Not anything super exciting, but uh, I mean, I think he's a worse than average defender. He'll be fine there, and he could be he could be a bridge guy. Um, if Camargo comes up and is healthy, they're probably going to play him there, and I'd be fine with that. I mean, I think Camargo. Um, I'm not the biggest fan in the world, but you know, he, at least he's young, and you could you could at least talk yourself into that. Whereas Flaherty, you know, you almost certainly do not want him playing every day at third base um, once he cools off. But you know, it's another option, and I have no problem with him being around. That signing was fine when they made it. And uh, here he is, you know he's he's going to the regression stick's going to be coming in, in a hurry. It's going to he's going it's going to crash, but uh, you know it, it's helpful if the Braves bank some wins here. I mean at, at, the, at the end of the day, you know these wins all bank, and uh, him being yep. hot contributing to wins is uh, is fun. Absolutely, I mean like like I said, I don't hate the idea of him being on the bench. He's, he seems like a perfectly reasonable bench guy, uh, even if he has a low ceiling. And that's what he'll be. Um, yep. Quickly, uh, this is not really a talking point necessarily, but Akil Morris is uh, no longer a member of the Why Braves. Why do the Braves hate him so much? I don't understand. Uh, 
that's the question that it's it's kind of funny when you talk about we talk to talk to people that are around the team. It's like I everyone always says you know the blogosphere is higher on Keo Morris than the Braves were even when he's on the team, and that obviously was true since they just gave him away essentially. Um, I mean, I don't really have a huge takeaway of the fact that I think we're all higher on Akil Morris than the Braves were. Maybe sure. we'll prove to be right or wrong. I'm not really sure. Um, but he, he's not He's not going to be around anymore. And I wanted to at least uh, put that out there on the podcast to say, uh, you know, rest rest in peace to, to, the, uh, to the era of Akil Morris, albeit brief. I, I will say this about Akil. Uh, he's not like a big-time setup guy or no. a big-time closer guy. But I really do feel like, you know, with his with his changeup and his track record, he is a guy that could be a very serviceable reliever in the major leagues. And considering some of the folks that we've been running out on, we have this team has run out on a regular basis over the last couple seasons that he wasn't called up by the Braves is hard for me to understand. Yep, I uh, that's probably the simplest way to put that, and we'll just leave it there because it was a little bit frustrating, and still still is, frankly. But yeah, the new I era, think, I, I never thought he was like a closer. No, but he's, I, he I, was I, just I, fine. But it's yeah. like he was better. His profile seemed much much better than some of the guys who were pitching ahead of him. So that's probably the best, easiest way to put that. Yep, I agree. Uh, let's move on to catcher real quick. A lot has happened at catcher since the last time I talked, and that's uh, one of those <laughs> things where uh, you know Tyler yeah, Flowers got hurt in the opener, which is unfortunate for a guy who's been awesome the last couple of years. Um, Ryan Schimpf, who was uh, on the team for about two seconds, was traded for Carlos Perez. Chris Stewart played, then got DFA'd, and then accepted the D- accepted an assignment to Gwinnett. Uh, Kurt Suzuki is back. So now it's yep. Suzuki and Perez at the moment uh, with Stewart as the uh, backstop option in Gwinnett. And, of course, Flowers will be back at some point in time, although obliques are funny. All that I don't really have a huge takeaway other than the fact that I think we all knew catcher was going to regress this year. It's not been it's not been the greatest start in the world. I thought it was going to be uh, just performance, not injury. But uh, there was that brief period of time when Suzuki was gone too, when it was like, oh my goodness, Chris Stewart and Carlos Perez and uh, Carlos Perez are our catchers. Um, yeah, um, that that wasn't the best start. Um, no. It, it was funny because you know the the Tyler Flowers injury. I thought it was going to be a pretty minor thing. When I saw Kurt Suzuki get hit by that pitch, and I'm like, there is no yeah, way. There's ugly. not a like. It looked like it was painful. It looked bad. Uh, he and that he came back like in less than a week is mind boggling to me. That's that's a tough guy because that looked like it really hurt. Um, so you know, catcher's catcher's a bit of a mess. But you know, again. It's, Suzuki's been fine, I guess, you know, offensively. He's, and, he's you know, what he is. Yep. Yeah. Um, Carlos Perez is never going to hit. Don't ever – don't plan on that ever happening. And don't, and don't but, expect Suzuki to hit like he did last year because that's not happening either. I'm sorry. It's just not. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll definitely run into some he, – he's definitely strong enough. He's definitely a good enough fastball hitter to run in some balls. He and is a perfectly adequate backup catcher that happened to have the season of his life last year. Yeah, indeed, indeed, uh, and you know, got got an extra, got another contract out of it, and that that and that's fine. Uh, looking forward to Tyre Flowers being back because uh, I I think that his pitch framing is even going to make the, things easier on the starters. Do the we starters know when he's going to be back? By the way, I should have looked uh, that. The the number I heard the the time I heard was like at least a month, uh, because oblique, obliques are tough. Yeah, they're always are. Uh, I mean, like like whenever you hear an oblique injury, like that's never a ten day DL stint. It just ne- and if it is, they're going to be back on the DL quickly because it's just they they don't heal super fast. Uh, it's kind of hard to gauge how how bad the situation is. Um, so yeah, I I heard a month, but 
you know, like I said, that take that with a grain of salt. But since we have not heard a single thing about development in terms of how well he's progressing, I imagine that they're not really exactly. He's not moving particularly quickly. Yeah, he's not super close. That's for sure. That's why I was uh, I was having trouble finding that, and I was uh, I was just I was just assuming that you know you normally see the like he's coming back pretty soon kind of stuff from a beat writer or somewhere in there, and that just never was out there for flowers. So you know, in the meantime, well, it's going to be the uh, Suzuki show more often than not. I think Snick said they're going to try to play. Suzuki like three out of four or four out of five nights. Uh, he played two out of three over the weekend. We'll see plenty of him in the coming days because he's by far the best option. Perez is just kind of what he is. And hopefully you, you, you just hit him eighth and pray that he might run to a single or two when he's playing. And that'll be fine. Um, we can move on from there because catcher's not exactly super exciting. But I wanted to – we sort of briefly touched on, touched on it earlier. But Daisy Swanson's been out of his mind early. Has a he three, really has. Has a, a 400 OBP, a 618, slugging a 174 WRC plus, And his defense has been good as well. Um, you know, he's not going to be this hot. But, um, you know, Dansby being good, man, is – it's sort of invigorating. I, I tweeted something to that degree on Sunday afternoon after he after he after he did a thing uh, in today's game. It's one of those things where him being good just kind of takes everything to a new to a new level. It's something that we were all baking in when we were talking about sort of the Braves' ultimate upside this year. If they were to have that season when everything goes right, a big part of that was going to be Swanson being a good player. I, what's, one of my predictions in the preseason was that he was going to be a two and a half or three one player. That was a bold prediction to, on the high side. Good start for that. Obviously, he's been he's been a lot of fun. Yeah, he's been great. Uh, I mean, like we can talk offensively a little bit about him. I mean, he had he hit his first home run today, and it was like a he was a missile, uh, almost hit for the cycle the other day. You know, he's just you know the 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 Dansby you know Swanson that we see this year versus last year. You know, it seemed like last year if you pitched him outside, like he just couldn't do anything with it. Um, now, like pitchers are pitching him a lot outside, and he's hitting he's hammering balls the other way, and that that I mean his BABIP is not sustainable these numbers are not sustainable but at the same time you it looks it's passing the eye test in terms of how he's doing it and what he's doing in his approach and where you know he's he's doing a lot of things really well i do want to talk about this up the middle defense a little bit because dansby's been really good out at short and watching dansby and ozzy together Ooh, the va- the is vapors, a lot Eric. of fun the because, vapors. because i'm pretty sure sh- i don't I have to look at it because I haven't really analyzed second base defense very much, but I'm pretty sure that Ozzy has a really good shot at a Gold Glove at second base this year. I mean, my, my every thing game is, he it, does something that's like crazy. If you're gonna if you're gonna put a prospect who is considered to be a plus defensive glove at shortstop and play him at second base, he's gonna be good at second base. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the game that you know where the with the with the bad call at first with the bad review or whatever, he saved the game twice. He first he had to go across the middle to like make a cross a throw across his body to get an out. And then in the ninth to prevent the walk off, he had to catch a liner that like one of those diving well, he's like made a couple of these now where he like dives up towards the middle, makes a catch, and then flips the ball to Dansby for the double play. And he's done that a couple times. Those two guys, they seem really in sync on double plays too. The 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 up the middle defense right now for the Braves is really really good, uh, and that bodes well going forward. Because if you can defend, you know those grounders up the middle that are you know more often than not hits, and you're you know turning them into outs and double plays, I mean that that portends well for long term success. Yes, um, I'm signing up for those guys up the middle for quite some time, and then Ender and center because uh, you know. For all the questions about Ender's bat, and those are real, the fact that he probably shouldn't be hitting leadoff, et cetera, I don't want to be going yeah. down that road right now. His, his glove's still awesome. So Yeah, no, glove's still great. Uh, anyway, th- those three guys would be a lot of fun up the middle, and catcher's been fine, so there you, there you go on that. Okay, 
It's time, I'm, I'm Eric. Here to my, I'm, I'm here to my favorite part of this whole thing. It's time, I'm Eric. Um, I'm ready. While I was gone, actually, I was probably back by this point, but it sort of hit the fan where, um, in typical Braves Braves country fashion, um, there was a there was a report slash sort of nudge from Steve Phillips, former uh, Mets GM, about Bryce Harper coming to Atlanta, and then John Heyman, your friend and mine from FanRag. Uh, reported on uh, how Harper could be a fit in Atlanta because of all the reasons that you might think. The Braves had a lot of money available. Marquez is going to be gone. The Braves are young and would make some sense for uh, a big-time contract for Harper. And uh, the rational people among us say, look, Bryce Harper's awesome. Why wouldn't the Braves want Bryce Harper? Uh, then there was this whole contingent of Braves fans, which I guess I sort of get it, that just hate Bryce Harper. He's been on a rival team for a while, and as a result of his brashness, there's an entire segment of the fan base that was uh, that they've kind of revolted at, the, at just the thought of having Bryce Harper on the roster, no matter the fact that he's you know a top ten player in baseball and all that fun stuff. Then there's an entire other thing about how somehow adding Bryce Harper would be a problem because of Christian Pache, who is how many years away? I don't know. You you could tell me better than that, but I'm good two to three. I the, would the notion of Bryce Harper established top five seven player in baseball quote, blocking Christian Pache <laughs> was a thing that was discussed uh, on, on the Twitter sphere. Um, I don't even know where to start with this. Uh, m- my thoughts are plain in the fact that Bryce Harper, if Bryce Harper wants to sign a contract that's not t- terribly absurd with the Braves, he should happily do that, and the Braves would then employ an awesome baseball player in a core outfield position until the end of time. Um, if not, that's fine too. And frankly, I understand sort of the pushback. If you don't want to pay the guy, you know, four hundred million dollars, which is, which is what it might cost, I totally get that that opinion. But not wanting him on the roster because you don't like him, or because you're afraid that he'll block a nineteen year old that's never hit a professional home run, uh, I don't understand. I don't understand, Eric. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, I'm wrong if I am, but I don't understand. Okay, all, to all of our listeners out there that do not want the Braves to acquire Bryce Harper either because you don't like him or because it would block Christian Pache. I need you all to pay attention right now. You are all out of your mind. <laughs> like not not a little bit not a little bit off the rails. You are completely off the rails. Now, there are financial reasons why signing Bryce Harper might be problematic in terms of what kind of contract you have to sign him to. Et cetera, et cetera. And I actually do want to pick your brain about that before we before we leave yeah, this let's little talk, let's nugget. Talk about this, it. But before but before we leave this little nugget, Bryce Harper is a fantastic baseball player. Uh, we there has not been a player of his caliber in Atlanta since I get it would have to be Chipper, right? Is there? Oh is no, there yeah, any, that's 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 the only even reason. Like that's the only that, yes. that's the only one that's even. I mean, close. Freddie, He's Freddie super, now, Freddie now, but even then, I mean. Is Freddie really in Bryce Harper's stratosphere right now? I mean, Freddie has Freddie's been in that stratosphere for the last year and a half. Okay, I mean, okay. The, fair, the jury is sort of. I mean, in, in, to be fair, Harper did have a sort of a, a sort of a bad year in 2016. So, I do think Freddie is in Bryce Harper's neighborhood now because Freddie, you know, has been the best hitter on the planet for about a year and a half. I'm okay, not sure I'll, that's going to sustain, but he's been that good. I'll I'll, I'll respect that. Do you want two Freddie Freemans in your lineup, Brad? Yep, sign me up. <laughs> yep. I'm good with that. That's my thing about it. And, you he's know, 25 and, years and, old, and, by the way, and, also. Yeah, he's super young. You'll have to sign him to 10 years. I would happily have him in ten, for 10 years in Atlanta, happily. 
you know, even if the back end of that contract, he starts like performing less, this is still a guy that's going to be an MVP candidate basically every year until he's, you know, at least his early thirties. This is like a, a once in a lifetime type type talent. Now, all that being said, half the league is going to be asking for Bryce Harper's services, uh, whether they can afford him or not. So it's, you know, this, this is not saying this is a, a done deal or anything. The Braves have them have money, uh, and there's definitely going to be a, a potential slot for him. But in terms of the people who think that he would be blocking Christian Pache, you do not bet on a teenager playing his first games in high A right now, being a guy for you in 2020, 2020 or 2021. He's never hit a, a home he's, run. He's now he did hit two in the future stars. Game. I understand two, that. I'm just saying who. But what are we, what are we and, even doing here, Eric? Why are we, why are we I, I, talking no, about this? No, no, it, no this, we're, we're here now. We're, <laughs> let's be clear. What you should do if the Braves sign Bryce Harper is not to, sign, to write off the Braves as your favorite franchise. Is What you should do is you should start at least looking at how much Bryce Harper jerseys cost with a big A on them because he is, good, he is a very, very good baseball player. And while there's reasons to not sign him because you don't like him or because he could block a prospect are absolutely not ones that you should be considering. Yeah, you can, you can find reasons. Like, I, I'm, I'm confident that the price point in which you have to pay Bryce Harper will make your stomach turn. Now, that, this brings me to my question for you. Okay, you ready? Yep, I'm ready. It is the 2018 offseason, and you have one – Chance to off make an offer of a contract to Bryce Harper. It's your best offer. What is it? Uh, okay, so he'll be twenty. He turns twenty six in October. Uh, my best offer. The thing is, I don't think I'm going to get him because that's just how I am in free age. I, I I just think free agency. I'm confident my offer will not be high enough, but um. I will offer him nine years and three fifty. Nine years and three fifty. Yep. With an opt out after five. After, after five or three, whichever one he wants. You're you're very close to mine. I, I was I was I was thinking ten and three ninety. With an sure. After five. And by the way, if it's if you put that offer in front of me, if I, I mean as much as I just got said I'm skeptical, if you tell me he will sign this deal, it's ten and three ninety. I would do it, which is crazy because yeah, that is insane money. I insane. think the only guys in the league that I would do that for are Trout and Harper. I, that's the entire. Would you? List. Would you? Well, now you you, we, you wouldn't do that for Kershaw because of age, right? No, and because he's a pitcher. No, hard oh, pass okay. on pitchers. No, never. Okay. Never, never that long for a pitcher ever. I, Kershaw is the second best pitcher I've ever seen in my life behind Maddox. That's that's the list: Maddox, Kershaw, yeah, maybe maybe, maybe prime Pedro Martinez. But other than that, um, yeah, prime Pedro was really good. Yeah, he was absurd. But it's a pitcher, so no, I, I just I wouldn't pay any pitcher that. And for, I mean, maybe there's a couple other hitters that you might think about in that stratosphere, whether it be you know Correa or. If Machado does what he have to, what, he have, what I think he's going to do this year, maybe he's in that discussion if he's playing a shortstop, especially. But I mean, my con- my concern with a potential Bryce Harper deal is that I think he's going to want an opt out after like two. Yeah, which is I I wouldn't be eager to give him that. Con- but uh, by the way, here's the thing: 
if you do, if he wants to, if wants to do it after two years, what's the worst case scenario? You've just paid him seventy million for two years, and he's probably awesome for two years. That's not That's the fine. worst thing in the world. You no, know what I mean? It's not. Um, so, I mean, the problem is if, if he wants, to, if he wants a ten-year deal after the opt-out, is when you have to start maybe passing because at a certain point you don't want to be paying a guy forty million. At age thirty-seven or eight, maybe thirty-five is probably going to be—you know—the end of that contract is going to be bad, most likely. My my whole thing is it also comes also comes down to Liberty Media because if you're Anthopolis, you have to know more about your ownership group than we do, obviously. But if Liberty if Liberty tells you that, listen, man, we're not going to up we're not going to up the payroll in the future, then you can't you probably can't do the deal because. Because arbitration is going to be a thing before too long. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. Even, yeah, even, you gotta even, even if even if you don't make any other significant moves, I know they have like, the money now. I mean, they have the money for 2019. There's no question yes, about that. Yes, for sure. They, it, the, the books are super clean, but at it's, at, at some point, if you're actually good, what you're expecting to be, you got to pay guys. And if Liberty says we're never going to go over 150 in your payroll, you can't be paying a guy 40 million. I mean, maybe you can be, but it, it makes your it makes your roster more difficult to manage if you're paying a guy forty million on a one hundred and fifty payroll. Yeah, it doesn't matter how. Like, I mean, it, I almost said it doesn't matter how good. Especially, it is, especially but, again, if you are good, because that means that like those when those the, those like second year, especially that that second year of arbitration eligibility for guys like Dansby Swanson, Ozzy Albies, yeah, Ronald Acuna. I mean, like the things get expense. Like even if it's just arbitration, those yeah, those no, those still get expensive. Yeah, that's the. I mean, so. That's the question that you and I can't answer. If Anthopoulos knows in his head that Liberty is never going to just bump their payroll, if they're like, if they're going to operate as the absent-minded profit machine, then you probably can't sign the contract. Well, now, at the same time, I want to put this into your ear. If the Braves sign Bryce Harper, I know that there's a vocal minority of people. I think you're going to lose some people. I really do, which is insane. I, I, I do think, think you're going to lose. I think, I think they will lose some. I think that SunTrust starts selling out regularly. Well, if, yeah. Well, you, you, the thing is, the reason you do that now is that if you sign Bryce Harper, I'm assuming that that means you had a good season this year, which means you won, what, 80 games. You have this awesome young core, and then you sign Bryce Harper and say 20. And by the way, you sign other people too. You don't sign Bryce Harper by himself and say, all right, Bryce, take us to 86 wins. You, you kind of go in. If you're going to sign Bryce Harper, you kind of you don't have to go all in. But you also have to surround him. Like you better come. You know, like for instance, if you, if Austin Riley is not just ready next year, you sign a third baseman or you go in another pitcher. Like you can't just sign Bryce Harper and be like, "All right, it's time to win 86. Like yeah, that's not something I, you do. And I do, I do think that that kind of gets back to what Anthopoulos had said about what's going on in the minors. Because if the team is good this year, um, and you you and I have, you know, there's like slightly. I think that this team can be maybe a little better than than you do, but you know, we're not. So far off that you know, like there, there's definitely. I don't think this is like a 90 win team, barring some crazy things happening. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't. I just, like it, that, that, that would require that would require a lot of really crazy things happening. I, I don't. I don't. I have no delusions about that. But at the same time, if you are uh, if you're competitive for a wild card spot later in the year than maybe a lot of us think would happen, and you know the guys in AAA, whether that be Mike Soroka or Colby Allard, um, are pitching really well and you see bright spots from you know like Luis Gohara, Fulty, 
nuke nuke him like has his, like cuts his walk right down you know things like that like that's when you can kind of feel like making that move makes it more likely like you feel like you can they can go to liberty and say hey look if we get this guy you know we have a chance to make a real run through the playoffs um and oh by the way if you sign this guy you want, if you're happy about the revenue streams you have coming in right now wait until you see what happens when we have this guy on the roster <laughs> yeah and by the way like all this is to say I will be surprised if the Braves side Bryce Harper. I won't be like blown away beyond measure because they have so much money coming. Um, there's a, there's there's definitely a lot of big money teams that are going to be. Yeah, that's and, the, with Harper. And, it's going to be a and, and, and they're in big markets. Yeah, that's it's going to be the Yankees. It's going to be the Dodgers. You're going to have teams that the only I, I'd say this: if he was the only free agent on the market, I would be more worried. And by the way, I'm not, I guess worry is the wrong word. I would be more skeptical if he was the only free agent on the market. The problem, the thing is, because Kershaw's hitting the market, because Machado's hitting the market, these teams can't sign all of these guys. I mean, I guess the Dodgers probably could sign all, sign all these guys because they have that much money, but they're not going to sign all these guys. So maybe you get a semi-discount. Maybe he signs for three fifty. I think the whole time people are expecting him to sign for four million dollars, and if he does that, I think he's going to be doing that in Los Angeles or New York. I don't think anybody else is going to sign him to $400 million, including the Braves. But if it gets down into the three three fifty range because teams look at Giancarlo Stanton and say, boy, that, that's going to probably get ugly at the end. If, 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 and especially after this, after this offseason in 2018 when basically no one signed for money, maybe free agency is just going to chill a little bit and he signs for $300 million. If he does that, sign me up. For 10 300 I mean, that's not even a decision in my opinion. You, you just do that. Yeah, I understand, I, 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 but yeah, I mean, I think he's going to sign for more of that. I agree, than that, but totally I, agree. I understand what. Um, now, <laughs> it's funny because the team that we kind of forget about is like I don't think the Nationals are going to let him walk away that easily, <laughs> because that's a that's a really rich ownership group, too, uh, and maybe they shouldn't because you know they have some kind of bad money on their books right now. Well, they might sign him. But, I mean, there's no there's no doubt about that. Yeah, I, mean, I, I I think that that's a team that's going to be kind of. You know, the, I know that Bryce has said, you know, we're not talking about, you know, the, my contract until that, the season's over or whatever. But your three uh, front runners are the Nationals, Dodgers, and Yankees. There's no until we get there and somebody reports the Braves are in, in the mix. I, you, you can't put them any higher than fourth yep. in the list. Yep. Just, until Scott Boris and Alex Anthopoulos are having lunch at the winter meetings, we're not having this conversation. And that's why I don't want to do, you know, I don't want to do super deep into like you know projecting the lineup for with Bryce Harper. I don't want to do that. But uh, you know, short version. If you go sign him, um, if Christian Pache is as good as you might hope he is, you just trade into Rinciarte. It's not. It's not that hard. You just figure it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah. Which you know would mean, or or you trade Pache too. I mean, like it's there's lot, there's one, so many matter. like having a bevy of options is not a bad thing. It just gives you more things that you can do, and I, that people actually think that that's a reason to not do a deal. Is a little silly now. Like, uh, kind of like, a, there's other deals that you can go. Is this really a guy that we really want to bring on the roster, given what we have coming? That that stuff I understand a little more, but this one I don't understand at all. And, and I do think um, at least some of the people that don't like Bryce Harper would suddenly like Bryce Harper if he was on, if he was on the Braves, which is fine. That's some, you know the sports hate thing is not new. Um, I do think you're going to lose some fans, which I find hysterical, as we just said a minute ago. Um, but it's that it's the old notion. Harper's that is the perfect example of a guy who you would hate on the other team and love on your own team. Um, I, I wrote I wrote an article a couple years ago that says hating Bryce Harper for all the right reasons. It's because he's really good, uh, not and because he's just good. 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, the, all right, we'll we'll leave that there. But uh, that was fun. Uh, waste a little bit of a sidebar. Hope you guys enjoyed that as we uh, kind of <laughs> try to make it a little bit uh, less really serious because that, that. that's sort of a, it's all sort of tongue in cheek, and it's it is fun to think about an outfield in the corners with Ronald Acuna and Bryce Harper. Whew, that would be fun. Uh, yep. All right. Um, one more thing before we get out of here, as we've gone long, uh, a couple of people different a couple of different people asked this question, but they want us to. Uh, Give an ideal one through eight lineup, one Ronald Acuna rise, which could be next week. So let's do that now, Eric, um, for this season, of course. I, I don't want you projecting Bryce Harper in the lineup. So the available options as of whatever, next Monday, um, please do your uh, your best lineup. And we'll, we'll assume Tyler Flowers is the catcher for this for this exercise. Okay, you got, so, it's Fla- so Flowers is the catcher. Let's assume okay. Flowers is alive, and uh, we'll, go, we'll go go one through eight as your, your perfect lineup. And I'll be, I'll be interested. I'll go after you, but I'll let you go first. All right, you ready for this? Yep. Lead off. Albies. Albies, yep. Knew that was coming. <laughs> uh, uh, Two-hole, Acuna. Three-hole, Freddy. Um, you can flop Acuna or Freddy there. I, mean, I, I'm, I respect the whole putting your best hitter in the second, in the second spot. It has a lot of value. Um, uh, this is where it gets tricky, though. Yes, it is. You want to know why? Because okay, the I'm, team doesn't have any power. Sorry. Yeah. Um, well, they do at the top. They have do it leadoff apparently. True. Um, let's see here. Let's just leave Marcakis where he is. I don't oh, like it. Oh God. Um, Stop, now, do that. Oh, my ideal lineup. Now hold on. My ideal lineup and has Preston Tucker, not Marcakis. That's what I would do. Okay. 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 We're, we're, we'll. Ba- okay. Clean up. Uh, I'll put Tucker in there. Yep. Uh, he actually he has some power. Um, you know, Nick Marcakis, you know, you, you enjoy, enjoy the, the twilight years of your, of your MLB career, uh, elsewhere, somewhere. Um, and then, uh, five Dansby. I'm now I'm going to worry about forget somebody, uh, six Camargo in Ciarte. seven in Ciarte. Flower, eight, flowers, eight. eight. Flowers eight, I think he he has not looked good. At the, he didn't. I mean, he didn't look good in spring. I don't. <laughs> he think had one plate appearance. He got hurt in the middle of the plate appearance. Well, no, no. What, what are we doing? Good, he didn't. He didn't look good in spring I either. Know, I, I, but I'm fine with him putting. I'm fine with like Flowers going seven or something like that. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not really in on Flowers' offensive prowess. I guess um, that's that's me. I'd kind of put him more towards the bottom third for sure. Okay. Um, the big What's caveat this? here is that Preston Tucker, my guard is out for Preston Tucker. With that said, um, because the one thing that I actually buy at Preston Tucker is his power, this is going to instruct my lineup. So I will go Albies, leadoff, Freeman, number two, which I am on that island and will always be on that island. It's the best place okay. to have your best okay. player, especially with okay. a guy who walks as much as Freeman does, number two. Uh, Ronald Cooney, number three. And then I will go Preston Tucker at four, even though uh, – Every caveat exists there. The only reason why he's there is because there's nobody else in the lap that has any power, frankly. Uh, that's not an ideal spot. I don't trust Preston Tucker at number four, but that's where we are with it. Uh, I will also go Nancy Swanson at five, followed by Enciarte, Flowers, okay. and Camargo slash whoever else at third base and the eighth spot. Because I do not buy Camargo at all. I will not no. buy Camargo. You, you buy Flowers offensively more than Camargo? We have a lot more data on Flowers to say he's a good hitter well, than we do on than we do on on, uh, on Camargo. It's not even close. You say that I don't buy either the, one the, of them necessarily. The, 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 it's not like Flowers' offensive track record is particularly great. He has two years now, though. I mean, Camargo had uh, no no Camargo had no track record, track record in the minors. He had a good year last year. 
But we've now at least seen two full seasons of Tyler Flowers' good major league hitter. I'm not, I, don't, I don't trust Tyler Flowers either necessarily in the lineup, but we have more data than, on Flowers than Enciarte. I mean, sorry, not Enciarte, Camargo. Um, by the way, the whole thing is there's some bad op- – not, not bad options, but so there's some questionable options. Catcher is not good. Camargo no. is a question mark. Um, NCRT, I worry a little bit about. But I do I mean, a little bit, but the thing is with NCRT, he's gonna do he's gonna do good stuff. He's yeah. gonna be fine. The thing is, he's gonna hit for a high average. He's not gonna walk. He's not gonna hit for a ton of power. Like he's a perfect seven hitter. Like he's gonna be a league average hitter. That's what he is. It. It's fine. He just shouldn't hit lead off. Like it's not it's not a huge th- thing about NCRT. I think people think that we're killing him when we say that he shouldn't be hitting lead off. And it's like guys, if he wasn't fast, he wouldn't be hitting lead off. And that and that shouldn't be a prerequisite or a tiebreaker or anything like that. Like, and, and more importantly, he's, if he is fast, he is not the fastest player on this roster. Well, no, and even <laughs> then, I mean, I'm just saying, like, he never would have hit lead up in the first place if he wasn't a center fielder who was fast, which shouldn't be the decision-making process, but that's, it's the same thing as when Sticker was hitting Daniel Castro second. <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm, uh, seriously, it's like, you hit your fast, no. your, your, your fast center fielder lead off and your plucky second baseman second. That, that's, that's the Snicker moniker. I mean, I think if Albies wasn't a second baseman, he wouldn't be hitting second. If Albies was playing left uh, field, he wouldn't be hitting second. <laughs> Maybe he'd be, he'd be, uh, Snicker would be hitting second base second. He might be hitting cleanup, yeah. I mean, seriously. like, yeah, I, No, I, I hear you. I hear if you. Camargo was playing second base, he'd be hitting second. I'm only, no. I'm only half kidding about this, too. Like, we've seen it. He hit Daniel, he hit Daniel Castro second, like, more than once. Daniel Castro, the worst hitter the Braves have employed in like three years. That, that, now, that's not, now that's not true. Emilio Bonifacio was okay, on Okay, Bonifacio's terrible. But you know what I mean? Like, Daniel Castro, by any objective measure, could not hit and was hitting second, like, regularly. I used to love, I, I, I love like, those one of those two three-hit games Castro had. It's just amazing. <laughs> and, what happened to your, and what happened to your mentions. And it's um, fine. It is what it is. But anyway, I mean... All that to say, like, I don't love Preston Tucker hitting cleanup in my lineup in, in a projection. I just think you want power there. And yes, um, you know, he might not be the best hitter, but he's the, I think he's the only guy outside of Freeman and Acuna that you think actually might be a consistent power source on this roster right now. I mean, I understand Albies I, maybe. I, I, um, I do think he, and I do, I do, and I'm, I'm a little more bullish on his ability to hit than you are. I I think I'm, I'm, not, I'm not like anti, I think the one thing that I actually trust about Tucker is his power. My problem is he may not do enough other stuff to play. But the power is legit, which is why I'm putting him there. Um, everywhere, Everything else is kind of a question mark. But, like, I mean, there, there are some guys who can hit, hit, hit 10 overs in this lineup. You have Dansby can hit some. He has a little bit of pop. Enciarte has a little bit of pop. Obviously, Albies will be hitting lead up, lead up in this scenario. These guys aren't, like, they're not. Uh, hey, Ozzy's on, on, on track for 54 home runs this I, year. No, I'm, not, I'm, I'm just saying he's, 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 not, he's not in the mix. He's, he's a lead up hitter, so you, you can't have him in the mix. I mean, these guys are Christian Pache with zero home runs in, in competitive baseball. But there's no traditional power hitting option here. And I think, you know, if you look, if you ask around to a casual or even semi casual, semi diehard fan, they're going to tell you that Freeman should be hitting third and Akuna should be hitting fourth. And that, that's fine. I totally get that rationale. I am, a, I am a fan of hitting your best hitter second. And Freeman is your best hitter by a wide margin. So that's where I play him. Um, if you went to a more traditional place, I would go Ozzy. <laughs> this is just kind of funny. Um, if it was, I might hit Marquez second. 
<laughs> you might because he just gets on base. That's the one thing he does. I mean, that's his. I mean, that's his value. I mean, it's it's not that's that's not that's not a crazy notion. Or Swanson, or like I think there's guys that have an OBP tool would be would be would be who I would hit second. In fact, honestly, hitting second's not crazy. No, he's actually been he's been doing really well. He's there just too, your best so. leadoff hitter. And that, yeah, that's my that, thing. That, that's, he, he's your best leadoff option. So I mean, the thing is. For as much as I kill Snit, this is certainly not close to his worst line construction what he's been using so far this year within Ciarte, Albies, um, Freeman. That that's not what I would do, but it's not like horrific. You know, it's not ridiculous or anything like that. The Marquez hitting fourth is bad, but aside from that, you know, it is what it is. But the problem with not having a ton of power in your lineup is that you don't really have a ton of guys to put in the four and five spots, which are your traditional power spots. Yeah, it's not, it's, not, um, it's not a new problem. We all kind of knew the Rays were not going to have a ton of power this year. It kind of just is what it is. Yeah, I mean, and, and they've still gotten they've gotten the power from comes some unexpected sources, and you know, if they can if, they, if you can get power from up and down your lineup, it becomes less of a problem. Oh, but sure. it does make lineup it makes lineup construction a little weird uh, in some ways. In a lot of ways, you, like, I mean, like 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 because like traditional roles aren't defined. So then, what if if you don't have those traditional roles defined by the guys' tool sets that you have? Then what exactly do you do? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, um, if, I, if I told you, if I said, Eric, you have to use my my lineup construction with 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 the top three as it is, which is you know, which which is Albies, Freeman, Acuna, but you can't have Tucker and you have to play Marquez. Who hits fourth? I mean, there isn't anybody. Yeah, yeah there's you know not I mean? there's not a great option there. There's not anybody. I mean, it's not even like we're, we're putting Tucker in partly because we think he should be playing, but partly because he makes sense hitting in a power spot and nobody else does. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna, yeah. you're gonna hit, you're gonna hit, you're gonna hit sw- I also like to stagger. Yeah, I mean, guys. like Markakis Mar- hitting cleanup right now isn't a crazy notion, especially yes, if is. you if you it is because I'm sorry. Well, okay, I love you, Eric. It is. It's crazy, but it's fine. I get it. Well, if you're assuming a world in which Freddie Freeman is getting walked at the rate that he is right now, the one thing Markakis does do is he does hit. He'll 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 move he'll move the Freddie around and he will who, hit some. Dunks. Who has who has more power, um, Markakis or Swanson? Okay, that's hard to argue with. Who has more power, uh, uh, Marcakis uh, uh, or anybody? Anyone on the roster yeah. outside? I mean, of, I mean, right, right now, Preston Tucker should be in the clear. What, what about what about Ryan Flaherty? Who actually? This is a serious question. Who has more power, Ryan Flaherty or Nick Marcakis? I'm not even. I'm oh, not Nick, sure. I know Nick, the uh, Nick, Nick Marcakis, 100. percent Maybe. No, <laughs> no, fun. no, no. You oh, you have not watched no, enough Flaherty's, of the Flaherty. I, 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 I know Flaherty's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, here's what I here, you know. Right now, without Flowers, I'd be hitting Suzuki cleanup. I'd be thinking long and hard about. Well, Tucker. I'd, be hitting, I'd be hitting Tucker clean up, but aside from yeah. Tucker, if if, Mark, if he wasn't playing, I'd be hitting Suzuki for. Which is why. Uh, yeah, I mean they were they were they were they were, they were running. They, I mean, and that's where Flowers was. And that's not see. I don't think that's as crazy as you do. I, I totally get that Flowers may not hit the same way he has the last two years, but he is a more traditionally equipped cleanup hitter than Marquez is. Marquez mm-hmm. might be a better hitter. Like if you if you ask me who's who's, who's going to get on base, I'll, I'll say Marquez gets to the plate. But in that spot, you know we're we're in the rabbit hole here. But anyway, <laughs> we, we've done enough on this. I just think we we were asked the question, so I wanted to answer it. And uh, I, I hope Preston Tucker is as good as everybody else thinks he is. That's that's the thing. I think people think that I'm going to be wrong. I'd love to be wrong about Preston Tucker. I think I've already might be wrong. I was like kind of poo-pooing it three four weeks ago. And he's been obviously much better than I thought he was going to be. Sam Meredith gives me crap all, offline all the time about me being low on, on Preston Tucker. Listen, if he hits 30 home runs, I'll be thrilled. Like, beyond belief. Yeah. 
Which he might I mean, do, by the way. Like he might, yeah, not, it, it, may, it may not be, it may not be a pretty thirty home runs. But if he plays every day, which he's not going to do, but if he played every day all season, I bet he would hit thirty home runs. I can see that happening, and I think it's important to note that like we're not rooting against these guys. You know yeah. what I mean? But like, like even the guys that we're not necessarily big fans of, if they do well, then that's that's just gravy. You know what I mean? That's great. But, yeah, you know, I mean, there's I can't I can't think of the last guy I rooted against on the Braves. Like there are times I'm there's times that it would be nice to be right about opinions, but like very yeah. rarely is there a guy that I have covered that I'm that I actually root against. So I didn't root it. I mean, because I wasn't writing at this time. Uh, I really despised uh, both Melky Cabrera in his time in the Atlanta, uh, as well as oh god, what was his name? He used to be an outfielder for the Pirates too. Oh, Nate. Nate yeah, Nate McLeod. It made me actively mad every time I saw them on the TV screen. Melky was uh, – I'm not sure I rooted against Melky, but he was a guy I couldn't handle. I was not a fan either of Melky Cabrera. And uh, I will say there was a period of time when Chris Johnson failing didn't make me terribly upset because I was just so right about Chris Johnson and people were really wrong about Chris Johnson. Um, I'm not saying I root against him, but like there, there are times when you feel a little bit of a, of a tingle when you know you're right and everybody else is wrong kind of thing. Oh I mean, no, no! I I deal in prospects. Trust me, I'm. Oh, I know. I, you, yeah, you're, I, there's, there's, there's even a different I, I, level when it comes to the, to that kind of stuff. But again, I, 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 to your point, I think there's there's nobody on this team right. Now, I will say unequivocally, there's nobody on this team right now that I'm rooting against. Like everybody, you know, I'll be wrong if Tucker breaks out and is awesome, and that'll be great. I'll be I'll be thrilled to be wrong about that. Yeah, you know, and I'm, I'm hopeful for him because I I do I do like what he's done. And I do, and I, I do think he can hit. Oh, I wish he was, you know, like, was twenty three, not twenty seven. That's not a problem I mean, for me. There, there's, there's, that's, that, that's definitely a consideration to be sure. Yeah. Uh, but I, I want him to stay on the roster because I think the guy can hit, and I think he'll, I think he can, he can contribute to this team. So oh that's, yeah. I'm, if he's not on the roster, I'm, I'm gonna be upset only because he brings something that nobody else brings in that kind of. And he's role. definitely he better, and I, and I will feel very confident saying he's better than Lane Adams or Peter Borges, especially Peter Borges. Uh, totally agree. Even if it's just theoretically, I absolutely agree because he can bring something that nobody else can bring. So anyway, we are long off the rails and I appreciate, um, you and having, having some fun on the podcast. It's been a while. It's nice to flex the muscles a little bit after three weeks of time. And, uh, I know Scott, um, Scott forgot that I was gone and he was like, Hey, you want to do a pod? I'm like, I'm in London. So no, I don't want to do a pod. So Scott will be back soon, I it, promise. But, it, uh, it's so weird seeing Scott being optimistic about the Braves right now. Uh, like he, he's me that, too. Like he, I mean, the thing is, like I'm long the pessimist, and everybody knows that and listens. Sure. I'm sure everybody's nodding right now. I'm feeling it's it's been fun. I'm not feeling like they're going to make the playoffs or anything, but like I'm higher than I was. I enjoy I enjoy watching this team play baseball. It's been fun so far. I, I missed the first uh, three games. Four games live because I was still out of the country, but I watched this whole last week. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Yep, they're playing. They're playing. Playing good baseball. A lot of it, it's been a lot of fun, like rallying and you know, like lots of exciting sorts of plays. Not like kind of like these games that just make you want to pull your teeth out. Yeah, you know, Saturday kind of kinda sucked because it was just kind of a brutal loss. But yeah, I mean those those stink. But you know, it happens. It's baseball. Yeah, it's like, like it, over a season. I mean, if you if if that, if that's how you're losing games. I mean, then so be it. It's just when you're like you're losing like six to two every night, you're just like, okay, I'm done. So basically, the last three years, that's what you're saying. Yeah, pretty much. With yes. a very brief exception, I, when they I, got I, hot two years ago in August and September. Hey, there's a reason I've been in a much better mood covering the minor leagues the last couple of years, brother. Uh, yeah, I'm jealous of you a little bit, but it's been right. that's that's been a tough one. <laughs> 
Uh, anything you want to plug, man? I don't know what you got going on there. I mean, I obviously do know what you got going on, but anything you want to get out there? Uh, me minor league recaps cranked back up this past week, so we're gonna be doing those uh, 10 a.m. every day. Uh, I'm incredibly spoiled. I now have, I think it's five writers in the minor league recap rotation yeah. right now. Uh, so you know, it's kind of wild that you know that we get to spread that around, and you know that means we just more time for more original stuff, scouting reports, stuff like that. Uh, I was at the Rome media workouts as well as the Gwinnett media workouts, um, and that was a lot of fun. I'm gonna try to get some stuff written up about some of the stuff I saw there. Uh, I've got some interview prospects kind of in the pipeline. I've already talked to a few guys, and I'm going to try to talk to a few more. Um, the guys are always have stuff coming up. They kind of – a lot of times it just catches me off guard like, oh, look, there's a scouting report. Or, oh, look, there's this other thing that we have going on. Um, but really just kind of keep an eye on what we're doing with the minor league stuff, especially the low minors because uh, this Rome Braves team that's coming up, uh, we can, I feel like we kind of say this every year. There's a lot of really exciting, interesting players on it. Um, uh, you know, Drew Waters is turning into a really a, kind of a thing. Uh, right now, so he's kind of a guy we're really kind of keeping an eye on, and we're going to try some more stuff about him and other guys too. Uh, but beyond that, just you know, getting back into the grind of things, and you know, making you know, getting back into the swing of a full season, and kind of having games every day again. Yeah, it's busy. Uh, you know, I was I sat down to do game coverage last week, and I was like, oh, this is a foreign feeling that I'm having right now. <laughs> uh, they talked about him game coverage, but it's nice nice to be back now. And now it feels like I'm fully back after the podcast. So. Uh, Season's here, and I, I'm excited, and the Braves are good, at least for now, and that's fun. So follow Eric on Twitter. Please do that. Um, check out Eric's stuff and all the minor league guys. They do a great job. It's the best, they're the best in the business, I will say, so he doesn't have to, but you will not find better minor league coverage of the Atlanta Braves anywhere except TalkingChop.com. So, you are too kind, sir. It's absolutely true. I don't care what anybody says. And uh, as for me, follow me on, on Twitter if you would like to, at BT Roland. Um, so please subscribe to the podcast. I really appreciate it if you guys would leave some five-star feedback. If you like the show on uh, Apple Podcasts, that would that, that would be huge for us. We're also on SoundCloud. And, of course, every single pod is on the uh, the site itself at TalkingChop.com with a uh, sort of a listening guide alongside with it. So uh, check that out as well. Tell your friends. If you, have, if, you, if you know some Braves fans that like the team but don't have a podcast and maybe, not, maybe don't, even, don't even know what a podcast is, like my, my, my father, for instance, has no idea how to listen to a podcast. And I was like, Dad, just click this button that says subscribe. Just like put it on, put it on your on your parents' phones, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whoever you want to. If they don't like baseball, just say, "Hey, just press the button, subscribe." <laughs> Be great for me. Unsubscribe and resubscribe as well. That helps you. That helps in the rankings. There's all sort of all, all sorts of ways to uh, cheat the system, and we're gonna I'll, I'll probably encourage you to do that. So, I really appreciate that. Anyway, well, thank you, Eric. I really appreciate it, man. We'll do it again, hey, man. I appreciate you having me on, buddy. All right, everybody else. We'll be back next week, and we'll be back on the regular rotation. Looking forward to it. Enjoy the week. And the, by the way, the Braves are in Washington starting Monday, so we'll have plenty of stuff to talk about there, including the great Bryce Harper. So see you guys then.